Sound effects are so good. I love it. I love it. Hello and welcome to the Hoonverse Podcast, episode 331-ish, I think. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Glucker. I'm joined by my man, Ron Ball. What's up, Ron? Hey, what's happening? When are we going to get some uh, like intro theme music? The applause is nice. Let's see. There's some... Here, Riverside FM has this. Let's see. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> Enough of that shit. Uh, that's funny, funny, funny. Uh, how's it going? How, how's, how's your week? Good, man. Man, the last seven days honestly felt like a month. It was, it was wild. Going to Atlanta. I mean, really, starting with the Hoonapig unveiling, whatever that was, last Monday. Like, So I guess like the last 10 days or so. Right. But... Yeah, last last Thursday flew to Atlanta for you know to visit family, to see Killer Mike, to go to the Alpine Volks Fair, I think it's called um, the 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 show that Rotoform sponsored in Helen, Georgia, which is like an hour and a half, uh, two hours north of uh, it's just seventy five miles north of Atlanta. But uh, that was uh, yeah, I spent two days in or like a day and a half in Helen. Actually, I spent exactly twenty four hours, but uh, it felt like a week. It was. Uh, it was a good time, man. But yeah, just uh, traveling and you know work stuff and having to rush back and put on a presentation today. It was uh, it was a lot, but uh, managed to fit it all in, and I feel like we crushed it. That's what it's all about. Then that's awesome yes, sir. for you. Um, yeah, I'm uh, my wife's away all week on a uh, workshop in Florida, and then um, it ended today. But we uh, we have a college friend, one of her former roommates is down in Palm beach. So she popped over there. She's going to spend the weekend with her friend. Um, nice. it's like, I know why my wife is so tired by nine o'clock every night <laughs> because it's hard. <laughs> it's hard because we have the foster puppy here. Right. And that dog got neutered on Tuesday. So yeah. it's like, you have to corral a puppy where they're like, Oh no, jumping and playing. Sure. That's easy for a puppy. Um, puppy's a maniac. My, my arms are, cause puppies don't know that they can't bite things. So my hands right. are fucking cut up, uh, dealing with all the stuff, you know, just the general school stuff with my daughter. It's, it's the second to last week. What's that? Is he a conehead? The dog? Yeah. Well, I picked the dog up and I'm like, Oh, does, does he get a comb? They're like, no, he wasn't really biting or anything. So he doesn't need it. And I get home. I'm like, wasn't biting because he was fucking on anesthesia right. it's a puppy so we had one here and i i put it on the dog um and he already broke it and i've had to tape it so that the cone is held together with tape right now but yeah. it's working and he, he's not attacking the area but he, it's like day three or whatever after the surgery so you know he's like the energy is there it's like sure. fuck and i can't take him on walks to to knock that energy down but whatever Whatever. We'll get through it. My wife will be home Sunday. We'll get through it. Um, uh, but yeah, I know why she's tired at nine o'clock every night. I sent her that text and she just laughed. Um, but whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I can do this. Um, let's let's roll in. I have a question yeah. for you that I think really? it's home for both of us. For both of us. Um, it's a, just a, I'm posing a topic. When does it end with Project Cars? When does it end? 
Oh my God, it doesn't. And that's, I mean, really it doesn't like, you know, I'm, I'm not the most perfect example because, well, maybe I am, I don't know, but, uh, I've got one project car that I feel like I'll never be satisfied with. And I have yet to really enjoy that's the Mustang. It's just like, it's just such a anomaly and it's just so far outside the box that like, right. you know, there, there's no like, okay, well now I've accomplished this and I'm able to do this with it. And, you know, I'm totally satisfied. Like there's always going to be a next step and another hurdle and, you know, it's the kind of car that every modification begets another modification. It's like, okay, I did this, so I need to do this. Like I upgraded this, it makes more power. So I need, you know, a stronger transmission, you know, uh, beefier rear axles, this and that, like, it, you know, there's not a lot left on the list for that car once yeah. it's running, but uh, I, I just don't think I'll ever be satisfied with it. It's the kind of thing where it's just like, it looks so, outrageous and kind of intimidating that it, I'll just constantly be in search of more power, more performance to kind of justify and match the, uh, the appearance of the car. So right. I don't know. That's, that's my, I, I don't want to say bummer. Like I'm super happy with that car when I can enjoy it, which is few and far between. But I think once I nail a couple little things that I'll finally be able to enjoy it, but it's just going to constantly spotlight things that could be upgraded, tuned, tweaked to my liking mm. and then on the flip side is the tahoe which i'm like i have all these parts and stuff that i want to throw at it but i'm like mm, am i gonna fuck it up like do i really want to do this like I, I think it's fine as it is and i should just leave well enough alone and because of that i want to sell it like yeah it's like i i don't want to fuck it up i don't want to make it you know a source of pain and and disappointment it's like yeah does everything that I want it to do, everything that I need it to do. So I'm kind of done, even though I have a bunch of stuff that I want to throw at it to kind of change the appearance and uh, make it drive a little bit better. But uh, I right. feel like I should just leave well enough alone and then pass that along to somebody else to either enjoy as it is or make it their project. Like I, I just, you know, I, yeah. I feel like I, it sounds, sounds weird, but I, I feel like I should just quit that thing before mm. I, you know, go too far with it. Yeah, uh, and the reason the, the reason the the question pops up, and and I agree with everything you said. By the way, um, I'm just looking at the list of ever since I did the off road trip, I'm looking at the list of things that I want to do to the Montero now to beef it up. Um, and like part of me wants to keep it minimal, and if I can make it more like at this point, the only I only want one more thing on the exterior, and that's the awning. I don't mm -hmm. need anything else. I don't, I don't want a tent. I don't need more lights. You know, I don't need any of that shit. Um, I, I want to do mechanical stuff. And then it's like, all right, I want to do a rear e-locker, you know, an electronic rear locker. Um, that's like 800 bucks. It's like, fuck. Uh, and then if I'm going to do that, I should do gearing uh, because a common thing is to jump to 490s or 529s even, which a lot of you've got to go to like Australia to get them. So that's going to be fucking $1,200. Uh, before shipping probably from Australia, which is like a billion dollars and it'll right. take two months. Um, and then at that point I should probably tear the engine down and rebuild it because it's, I think it's, I think it's leaking oil somewhere on the top side of the engine, not the bottom side of the engine, which isn't, which is good actually, because yeah. that should be an easier fix, but yeah, theoretically, um, but I still got to pull shit off the top to see if it's just like the valve covers are leaking. It's like, I'm hoping it's just the valve covers. Cause that'd be something stupid and easy 
and boom, it's fixed, it's done. Um, but then, you know, then you're just like, all right, but I also have entertained the idea of uh, doing like a custom upholstery on the inside, which would be dope. Like uh, I saw pictures, uh, your boy Dobbins posted a photo on Instagram from that thing you were at. There was yeah. a Porsche Cayenne. Uh -huh. That had like the door jams all done. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that, that thing was dope. with the the camo wrap just in the door jams. Yeah, yeah. That shit was dope. So I obviously wouldn't do that specifically, but like that concept was really cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and that's more brash than I'd go. I'd go something simple with like, um, I think it was f maybe in Farah's uh, Safari Nine Eleven. He did like the door cards and then the seat inserts in like a, a funky vintage thing. Was um, it, it was, that the, uh, was that the PDX airport? No, it was like a bus seat, right? Like a 90s, it might have been like... the bus seat, yeah. But it was cool. It was different, and it matched the color of the car. And I'd right. want to go for like some like '90s era brown Recaro print, you know, like something sure. of that flavor. Because they used to have some great brown and beige seats, which they don't sell anymore. Um, it's funny. The, I, I emailed one of the third-party agencies for Ricardo because they, they hit me up on something. I was like, hey, do they ever, you know, work for can – I, can I, like, talk about seats and maybe get a discount or something like that on some seats? And they're like, oh, we would love to work with you. Uh, just send us, you know, fill out this form, and then we'll get it to them. Filled out the form and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you know, it has a bunch of questions because the people they talk to are probably, like, range from, like, SEMA people who, like, the build as a concept to sure. people. I'm like, hey, I just need seats. Um, right. But it's funny because I like I listed the seats I wanted, and they only basically come in like black. Like that's all they sell the seats in these days. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I went back to the person I'm like, "Hey, uh, I, I love this. Like it's either like the classic LX or whatever the Recaro model is." And I was like, "But they used to do these in brown. Can they still do them in brown?" He's like, "Oh, let me check and get back to you." And I've literally, it's been months. <laughs> like they're like, "Fuck this guy. We don't need to dip into our old catalog." <laughs> like he, he, like it was. He could have taken the black seats and been happy, um, but oh. that was a hard, hard pass from them. I'm assuming. Go back and ask for the black shit, dude. We got an upholstery guy. We can fucking no. Make this I, but I actually, what I want to do is um, just recover the existing seats. Well, okay. Um, because I don't have a problem with the existing seats. Um, and then, um, and then I look at the Jag, which is similar to where you're at with the Tahoe on a lesser scale. Because what I want to do on that is just repair some things, right. and then sell it, like. Cause I don't want to hand it off with, I know there's a fuel leak in there somewhere. It right. doesn't leak to the ground, but it's, it's leaking. So I can smell it. Um, and then I would like to, what was the other thing I wanted to do on that? No, cause the, the transmission would be here. The, oh, AC. I want to get the AC going, Yeah. which I think it just needs, um, to be sealed up. Like, I think it's just leaking from somewhere. And I think an AC yeah. shop be like, all right, here, got it. Yeah. Um, and if I do fuel leak, which will be expensive, and the AC, which I don't think will be expensive because everything works, it's just a leak. Uh, I'm gonna, I think I'll post it for sale somewhere. And then on top of that, I do still. I people ask, I still have the Mercedes, and so we are. It, and it is happening. I know nobody believes me, but it's gonna happen. And there's gonna be a point when that's when that does get to a point, and I'm, yeah. Oh. I don't know if you can hear that rumbling, but it was just a super sick, like, 67, 68 Chevy C10 that just pulled a U-turn right here. Oh, I thought nice. they were pulling in my garage, and I was like, oh, my God, I got a new best friend. New Not friends. New friends. Yeah. <laughs> Where is your truck? My K-10? Yeah. 
K10 is at Hoonigan. Okay. Yeah, I've got a I've, uh, scheduled uh, got to come out and repair the column for that thing so that I can start oh, it right and yeah. um, get it out of their hair and get it over to the shitbox speakeasy and uh, do the little things that it needs, just weather stripping, headlights, taillights, you know, just uh, fluids, tune up, like thing fucking starts first time, first hit of the key every single time. Well, it did before everything got jacked, but um, yeah, I need to, I need to get on that thing and get that flipped and put some more money in my pocket. It's a good excuse to go to Four Sons because they are across the street from Classic Industries, Hey, which probably has the shit you need. Well, I, I already have everything that I need. Oh, like okay. that's, it's just like the, the, the Tahoe. Like I really don't have any excuse now that I have the garage. Like I just need to get it over there and um, throw everything at it that I've, you know, kind of stockpiled for the last year. I've got all the weather stripping. I've got the headlights. I've got the taillights. Like it, I mean, it really, every, the, the truck is complete. It doesn't need anything. It just a tune up and a clean up. Okay. Nice. I've got wheels and tires. I've got I've got a a lift kit. Like I just need to throw everything at it and you know get it turned around. It might be worth including the lift kit in the sale, but not installing it and like leaving that up to the buyer because they might want. You know, it's just like you know that factory kind of slope. Like you know, oh okay, just a two inch, just a two inch lift kit, and I bought thirty threes for it. And apparently they'll clear, but like you got to trim the the fenders, oh, or, yeah, yeah. You remove some trim, and I really don't want to cut up, cut it no. at all. Just, if 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 they fit and they don't rub, then great. I won't install the lift kit. I'll just sell that. But mm-hmm. uh, it's my understanding that I'll need to do some minor trimming and shit. And I'd rather I'd rather just yeah. install the lift kit and call it a day. Yeah, for sure. Um, now uh, I I, I got to bring it up. Um, Autopia twenty ninety nine for those hey. who don't remember. Uh, that was the electric show that I am a part of with our friend Bradley Brownell and yep. a handful of other wonderful people. We had our first show last winter in L.A., and it went pretty well. Um, we were very happy with the turnout. We had some automaker support, um, and we enjoyed it, and we're doing two shows here in 2022. The first one is coming up on August 6th. It's the summer, so we're going to do a winter and a summer. Uh the winter will once again be in LA sometime in December. We're, we're still working on details on that. The, um, and we might have a really dope spot for that one. The summer one is going to be in the Bay Area. August 6th is the date. So if you are in the area, you want to come, the Bay Area, August 6th. If you're in the yay area. Yay. Uh, the cool thing is we have a sick location for this one. It's a place called the Craneway Pavilion. Okay. It's, this in, it's this industrial building on one of the piers. Um, it's going to be dope. Uh, it's all Oakland. Did I, did I miss? Yeah, it's, uh, it's called Richmond, but I think it's basically San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, so it's, it's all makes and models of electrified vehicle. Um, but then we we also want to see like mobility things. I want to see scooters and bikes and skateboards and RC cars and, and bring your birds. Bring Yeah. Yeah. We'll all throw them in the ocean. Uh, no, we won't do that. That's just joking. Um, so if you are interested in bringing a car to show off, um, the tickets will be going on sale probably as early as next week. Uh, check out autopia2099.com for more details. I will post it on my Instagram. The Autopia2099 Instagram page will also post it. And then if you're a vendor who's interested in just being there and talking about and showing off stuff, 
we still have plenty of opportunities available for that as well. So hit me up at jeff at hooniverse.com and we can chat through that. I have a full, nicely produced deck. Uh, we're very professional about this. It's nice. Yeah, uh, I got a nice thick deck for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gross. I am gross. Um, call HR. Um, so I want to get the I want to get people excited for this one. We think the Bay Area is a good spot for it. Just it's it's popular for EVs. Um, it's not just Teslas showing up. We we welcome a few Teslas to be there. We had some modified ones at the first one, and the owners were super cool. They were super excited to be there, show off their rides. They are really dope stuff. Uh, one of the guys got out of like the JDM tuning game and is, and is modifying his Model 3, and he was doing a really like clean job. It was sitting a little lower, had a little nice front lip on it, a, a good wheel and tire package, super-duper uh, it was happy to see that. But then we also had a dude who was building a, uh, what was it? Was it a 2002? It was a, an old BMW that was very clearly a project car. It rolled in with no windows and no doors. Like, and, and drove it there. It's awesome. Uh, we had a Corvair that won no back to show. What's that? He had like two, with no doors. Yeah. He had two bars in place where the doors should be. Just, they oh, just okay. drove it there. Um, we had an electric Corvair that won best in show because we do give out these really nicely made awards from Send, Cut, Send. Um, so please, we would love to see you there if you can make it. Uh, I'm going to drive I up. Why I didn't make the LA show, but I'm still kind of slapping myself. you were hungover. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's entirely possible, but I, I would think it would be something more demanding and and... <laughs> Uh, I think you don't get a hangover like that. Like I don't think that's. Uh, I don't, think I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember wanting to go, planning to go, and then that fell apart. But I'm super excited for it, and uh, I, I don't, not to stack a plug on top of a plug, but like I really want to figure out a way to get our EV wheel brand Ohm involved and uh, be a part of it. So hopefully we we've got some stuff in development that I think would be cool to show. Yeah. Um, I don't know that we'll make it in time for the August event, but uh, for December, I definitely will be involved and, uh, and have some representation there. Yeah, and I know Wheel Pros has money, motherfucker, don't you? <laughs> well, you know, I wish they'd give me a little bit more. I would give you the reverse of a sweetheart deal. Make your bosses <laughs> yeah. pay, pay, pay me. Um, all right. So any, um, I, one of my favorite things to hear is if there's any shit box speakeasy updates. Uh, yeah. And I think I'm allowed to speak on these now. Um, Vin has sold his NSX. Um, I don't Crazy. know. That, I don't know. That it's been picked up, but you know, he had that car for a year, which is kind of, I think it might be a PR for him. I, I don't think he's kept any, any project car that long. Uh, he may have, had a Raptor that long, his current Raptor, but uh, he sold that. He picked up an Evo. I don't know if it's an eight or a nine because I don't really keep up with those things and I haven't seen no, it. No, but it's a U.S. market Evo though, right? Sure. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Like I imagine it is, but like I haven't asked him about it. I haven't seen it in person. I went by there yesterday because I thought it was there. Uh, he had slipped in sometime between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. when I got there and uh, and traded it out. Um, Jason sold his R32, uh, and 
he picked up something else, but I don't know that he's announced that, so I won't speak on it. But uh, I'm going to pull up uh, Vin's just a shot of the Evo because sure. I, I, when I remember, I get excited when I remember that we can do this. Uh, Me too. I didn't know that the Hoonigan plate on his Porsche was a real plate. Uh, it's not. Oh, it's not. <laughs> it is. Not. <laughs> uh, it looks like his stickers. Oh no, wait, never mind. That one on the left is uh, says like Hoonigan.com and uh, ride dirty in whatever state you're in. Got it. But the other plate is real because he's blocked some of it out. Yeah. So what is that? Um, Evo eight, Evo nine? I don't know. Dude, I don't know. I, 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 I Evo. Evos and WRXs are just kind of outside. Oh, I think it's a nine. I think it's a nine. They're outside my realm of interest, to be completely honest. But, I mean, I think I think they're cool, but like it's just not something I ever want to own, so I don't pay them too much attention. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, but yeah, I, I can't believe you got rid of the NSX. Yeah, I mean, but the t- the market's right, I guess. So yeah, exactly. Like you know, I I could say I can't believe you're getting rid of the Jag. You could say you can't believe I'm getting rid of the top. Like, you know, I it's buy like, cars where the market is never right so that it doesn't matter what happened. No one right. gives a shit about Monteros except Montero fanatics. No one gives right. a shit about this Frankenstein Jag except like a handful of weird car Twitter people. Um, and that's about it. Even though literally um, in the New York Times, like today, there's an article that some dude wrote an article that the, the Montero is the go-to budget off-roader for people who can't afford defenders. And I was like, sweet. But there's a dude, and they interviewed Lynn for the article, which was Mm -hmm. great. Uh, But then they talked to some other dude who I don't know who's like a a car collector. And he's saying, he's like, we can see these going for as much as $25,000. I'm like, bro. There's no Gen 1 Monteros going for $25,000. Even if it was like the cleanest one. The most I think I've ever seen is fifteen, and that whoever bought it overpaid. (laughs) Everything is kind of outrageous, but I also feel like the the market is leveling off. I think we've it is probably plateaued. Like we're, I think so. We're at, we're at peak. I don't know how long this will last, but you know, I don't think anything is gonna outside of fucking you know one of two Mercedes SLR fucking race cars. Like I, I don't think million, yeah. anything is is still surging. Um, I think you might still see some. Some 90s, 2000 cars, like, increase slightly, you know, maybe 10, 20% increase in value. But I feel like everything that's considered collectible and cool and, you know, decent driver, I think we're we're at the peak right now. And it's going to start to level off. And it's, you know, for me, it's time to sell. But not just to maximize my money. It's just, like, I want to play with other things. I want to do shit you know it's like i've enjoyed my shit and i'm not emotionally attached to anything that i own i feel like you know i kind of fucked up with the mustang because i cut it up and made it so individual Mm. and um you know it's like i'm i feel like i'm stuck with that car for life but it's not necessarily a bad thing but i just need to get off my ass and make it what i always wanted it to be but right Right. That car would probably be if if it were the same car that I bought in 2013, supercharged, 306, heads cam intake, you know, 50,000 miles, all original. That would probably be a $30,000, $35,000 car now. Like, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Like, nobody's going to buy it. 
by it as it is. Like it's so personalized and so individual, and that, that that's fine. It's mine. But, yeah. Um, you know, it just kind of sucks because I'm I don't really have the flexibility to say, oh yeah, I could you know get rid of this and put money into something else, but. Right. I feel like everything is kind of maxed out right now and poised for a decline. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. On that Montero front, I think like if I was ever to sell mine, mine's worth like at the most, at the most right now in this crazy market, 10, but I wouldn't sell it for less than 30 because I don't want right. to sell it. I don't right. want to sell it. Yeah. Um, but if someone walked up tomorrow and was like, I'll give you 30, I'd be like, hey, you just bought yourself a Montero, dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a GX or something much more modern and capable out, out of the box. Like, yeah. Uh, or a dope-ass muscle car. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd support that even more. Right. Um, actually, I, I, I keep saying I want to sell the Jag to build up the Montero, but I also I, I can't get the idea out of a fucking um, early Mustang out of my head. Right. You know, uh, I, I want one. Um, I'm like, I, I want the, the same. Like, I want to sell the Tahoe so that I can put money into my other projects, right? But then I'm like, people send me gassers. Like, our buddy Leo, CNC Picks, like, he sends me gassers for sale and lowriders for sale. And I'm just like, yeah, like, I would I would actually trade for a Donk, a box Chevy, a lowrider, a gasser. Like, if I could find one that was, like, of equal value and just, like, make an easy, easy peasy switch, like, that would be... That would scratch my itch too. Like I just want yeah. something that's fun and unorthodox. Like the Tahoe is yeah. great, but it's not fun to drive. Like it's not, because it's not a weekend car because you can't burn rubber in it. Right. And like uh, it's not obnoxious enough to like offend people. Like a little rider, a donk, but like you know, it's we're it's we're both like bad. we're both ca car rich, cash poor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's where we are. It's like, There's uh, our title. Whatever. Yeah, car rich, cash poor. I like it. Uh, I'm going to pose this question out to you right now um, so that I can go grab a beer uh, and come back and, and participate. What mm -hmm. would be your dream, this versus that? Oh, okay. So this versus that, the uh, Hoonigan Drag Race show that I actually co-host uh, from time to time. Um, my dream, this versus that would not include, man, it would be so fucking obscure. Like I would love to, and I talked to, uh, I don't know if you're friends with Rory Carroll, but. Uh, yeah, I'm friends with Rory. Yeah, so Rory was. Uh, today, actually, weird. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. So I talked to, to Rory often. He and I are, are actually friends through Killer Mike randomly, but. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Him and Rory are like boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we actually talked last week about, uh, so he's at uh, RM Sotheby's now. So uh, he's right. got access to an insane collection of cars that both Sotheby's owns and has on consignment, et cetera, et cetera. So we talked about doing some like pre-war fucking race car shit. And I think that would be hilarious to have like, like, you know, a blower Bentley, yeah. you know, 20s blower Bentley or a Bugatti or something like that. Versus, you know, uh, anything of the modern era. It could be a fucking Camry. It could be a Civic Si. Yeah, it'd have be... to be like some kind of stock, like a Sonata. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it necessarily has to be something that banal, but like, you know, just uh, any modern, like, like not super performance car, but just something, you know, sporty. 
but it would be cool to see, you know, some dude in fucking goggles and fucking leather helmet and, you know, in full regalia in like a, a pre-war fucking race car just out there whipping that shit against just anything random from today and see how it would stack up. I could run my um, electric skateboard <laughs> next to it. So it was do 22 miles an hour. <laughs> I would love to see even like a, like a 40s, 50s land speed car, like a belly tank race. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Against you know, a fucking TRX or something like that. It's like, you know, the complete opposite end of the spectrum. It's just like overpowered 7,000 pounds, but still somehow manages to do zero to 60 in under four seconds. Like, I think that juxtaposition is what that show is all about. And it would be really cool to see those two in a roll race. Like, you know, it's just like all the, the sound and the fury, but from different decades, different uh, different kind of schools of thought as far as how to achieve that performance. Yeah, I like that. Um, I have a weird Rory Carroll story. That's not a, that's <laughs> not weird because of Rory. Uh-huh. When I was getting my vasectomy, <laughs> the doctor you know knew I was a car person, and he asked if I knew Rory Calhoun. I was like, I mean, you? I'm like, do you mean Rory Carroll? He's like, he's like, yeah, Rory Carroll. Um, because he and Rory had gone back and forth a bunch about car stuff. So my <laughs> vasectomy doctor knows Rory because my vasectomy doctor owns a Z8. Oh, and, sick. You're and he's friends with Henri. You're a fucking baller. I, and he's friends with Henri Fisker. I've <laughs> so never was, heard anybody pronounce it Henri. Henri. I thought it was Henry. Henry. I thought it was just Henrik, but. Uh, I, I think Henri sounds better. It, it might, it's probably not, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't so I disagree it. with you, but I mean, I've met the dude and I worked with him when I was okay. a team. We, we were the official Henry. aftermarket partner for for Fisker when it initially launched. Okay. We Henry. did body kits and wheels and stuff. Henry. Yeah, Hank. I called him Hank. No, that's... Hanky Panky Fisker. Um, but I have some suggestions for this versus that. Okay. One is uh, Ron Z, Ron Zaris and I, I've, we've texted back and forth that I want to race his Land Rover against my Montero, but we Hell have yeah. to be on the grass on the side of the runway. Yes. It'd be the slowest, most boring. Um, no, it wouldn't. I mean, it would be the slowest for sure, but it wouldn't be, be the slowest. most boring. Um, That'd be, be hilarious. Um, and then I want to see vintage supercars stock versus stock. So like F40, 959, like the hero stuff. Sure. Just to see how they compare. And then the other thing I'd like to see is different types of race cars. So, like, uh, just to get an idea of the speed, you know, like uh, NASCAR versus something, uh, trophy truck, uh, IndyCar, open wheel. You know, if you could, I mean, you could never, this would be insanely. But you guys do have the connections where, you know, if you reach out to, like, via race service, who has the F1 in, you get an F1 car. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. Well, that won't a- happen, but there's doors that you guys know, um, yeah. especially since, well, no, because what Ken's like. Any car, I just holler at, at the homie, J.R. Hildebrand. We just get him to bring that up. Well, yeah, because he's bringing it to Pikes too, which is sick. Right. Um, yeah. No, like, we definitely have connections, but uh, yeah, that's just kind of. Not the, the RS. Industry. Industry. Yeah, like, yeah right, everybody's right. cool. But like, you know, I don't, I, no, no, I know. I, don't, I even know all the backstories. Yeah. I was even partially involved in some of that backstory, which is fucking insane. Um, all right. Moving on to Twitter questions. 
I'm going to get a refill. First question. Yeah. First question from Pat's Curtains at Pat's Curtains. This is a Pikes Peak question, actually. You have to drive at Pikes Peak this year. You can't drive a Porsche. You have Hoonigan money and can build your own team. What are you driving? Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Hoonigan money won't get you to Pikes Peak. No, all the all the sponsors who glom on will get you to Pikes Peak. Right, right. Um, like Mobile One, fucking. Yes. Um, so, assuming you have the access to that money, I mean, it seems like Ken kind of built the fucking car this year. Right. Uh, so, I'm not just saying that because our, our, our fine friend Ron here works for... Okay, so Hoonigan money would get you uh, Scumbug, the uh, 1968 or 69. That would do. Aha bug in, do. You know, in some, or, or shit car. That's what Hoonigan money would get you. But uh, yeah, if, if you're talking about sponsorship dollars that, uh, that basically funded something like the Hoonapig, like, I don't, I don't know what you would do, but fuck i mean i don't know i mean there's there's already been so many wild contraptions like uh like chuckles uh oh that's a good one like his fucking f100 fucking crazy compound turbo fucking yep. he's got meth injection like you know is that truck still around or did it burn down uh no he wrecked it a couple of years ago rebuilt it but uh i don't know i think it's at least um retired from Pikes Peak use. He, but he, he had that like, like an LMP one car or something for competition this year. Because he was his, his, his like garage. Remember like one of the Northern California fires? Yeah. yeah. No, that, okay, that it made truck it was scared, right. but it was destroyed. The first iteration was destroyed at Pikes Peak. He fucking launched it off a, off a cliff into, into a bunch of trees and the trees actually kind of saved him, but uh, destroyed the truck. But he's since rebuilt that thing. But uh, that's not what he's competing in this year. He's got, Literally, I think a decommissioned or older LMP one car that Jesus. Uh, he's built the spec. I don't, I don't know what motor. I don't know if it's diesel powered. I don't know what it is, but he's he's going ham this year. Ken obviously is going ham. I mean, I don't know. I think it's super cool. I, I'm most looking forward to seeing Jared Hildebrand fucking drive the the Indy car. Since you said that's a thing, I, I didn't know it until last week. But uh, I think. Pikes Peak is so run what you brung, just fucking build yeah. anything you want. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everything is tube chassis, so it doesn't even really matter what body you put on it. Um, right. You know, Randy Popes drives fucking Teslas. You know, uh, uh, Mike Dussold uh, has built this crazy fucking 67 or 68 Camaro that's a tube chassis car that's like barely resembles the Camaro that it's based on, but it's got mm-hmm. some like twin turbo, probably 2000 horsepower LS combination. It's like, it's basically a prototype car, not even for the street, but it's like a, a prototype car bodied as a, as a Camaro. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of cool shit. And like, I don't think I could imagine anything cooler than what's already in play and in action up there. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I hear you. I, I mean, it, I don't want to give Ken all the credit in the world, but that's a hell of a fucking thing he built. So, mm-hmm. I mean, all the people involved, but Tim and, and, yes. um, Scarbo and, uh, yeah. oil stain lab with the, with the design. Like, yeah. you know, I feel like last week, the, you know, the, I don't want to say the, the fluff got the attention, but like the livery is fucking cool, but the livery is not what makes that car competitive. And right. companies like Scarborough, 
and oil stain lab and obviously bbi that really make that car what it is and you know i'm super excited to see what it does but yeah i don't know that on paper anything is going to is going to top that, but you know, there's so many variable variables and so many unknowns going up that mountain. Like, you know, there's no guarantees of anything. Nothing, nothing. Uh, Bradley Brownell at BC Brownell asks, when is the next Autopia? We answer that my friend Ash at Ash in China, which Chinese car brand would you like most like to see in the USA? I unfortunately don't know that many, but for you, I will say, is it Geely or Geely? That's the one I'll say. Right. That's the only one that I know by name. What's the new Vietnamese? Uh, uh, Vinfast Vin or VN? It's V I N. Yeah. Fast? Yep. Vinfast. Yep. I was surprised to see them at LA Auto Show. That was the first I'd ever heard of them. And, like, you know, they were reasonably impressive, you know. They just for- spent a lot of money to fly journalists to Vietnam for like a week to see the country, the factories, and learn about the thing. And I did not get invited on the trip, but they like chartered a jet from LA to fucking Vietnam. Like they spent a lot of money to get people over there. Kind of have um, to. Yeah. Uh, AJ, also, Vietnam is beautiful. From no, I, oh my God, I want to go so bad. Yeah, great trip. Yep. AJ at Gupta AJ. I am begging God for allocation of either a Lightning or a Hummer. Any connections? Zero connections. Uh, I think I you're, you have a better shot at a Lightning just because I yeah, think there's less Hummers super limited like yeah i think the hummer is going to be more limited and like they're definitely targeting influencers like you know they got lebron one first <laughs> so it's like you know good luck getting one at sticker or near sticker for the next year right but i feel like the lightning like that's got to be more of a, a commodity vehicle it's just got to it's got to be more readily available and reasonably priced yeah, the, I mean, like the base, big battery or long range, whatever it was, like if, if theoretically, if it was at MSRP is a fucking amazing truck. So um, right. Jay Pacillo, Jay Pacillo uh, at JZX71, what does the future of Hoonigan content slash brand look like post Wheel Pros acquisition? Good Seems like it's business as usual. I'd say, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not, obviously I'm involved. Obviously I am. The one person I'm uniquely able to comment on this, but I also can't say too much because right. I don't know a lot, but I am the one person that was both a Hoonigan employee and a Wheel Pros employee and now a Hoonigan slash Wheel Pros employee, right? But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, the idea is not necessarily for Hoonigan to serve as an agency to Wheel Pros. Right. Um, you know, Hoonigan still has other partners that they tailor their programming to. And, um, you know, it's to some degree, it's still a separate entity, but, uh, we've merged our marketing and media teams and, um, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure it out, but that doesn't mean that it's like a free for all or nobody knows what's going on. It's just, uh, it's just kind of ever changing and, you know, there's a lot of capable and talented and experienced individuals on both sides. And, you know, where uh, Hoonigan still does what it does and Wheel Pros is always going to be what it is. But uh, hopefully soon we uh, we achieve the kind of synergy that uh, that allows each business and brand to serve one another. Right. That's that's the goal. You know, it's well, like you know. We don't want to make, we don't, nobody wants to make Hoonigan, you know, exclusive to 
wheel wheel pros as far as like partnerships and programming. You know, Hoonigan has a different clientele and a different customer base as as a product and a accessories and you know kind of lifestyle brand. And it brings eyes to wheel pros, but it can't just service wheel pros. But that's uh, you know. Again, I'm not. I, I'm I not in C-suite. Suite. I'm not in charge here. I, I'm. I'm watching it unfold, just like a lot of us. But uh, I would love yeah. to see the core Hoonigan crew mm-hmm. attend an event for Fuel Wheels. <laughs> I mean, that stuff happens. Like you know, it's like just to see Vin <laughs> at one of those events, knowing what he's into. Well, but I mean, what do you what do you think of Fuel Event is? I mean, you you have insight through Josh, like you know you know. No, but also just like like the type of vehicles I see with those wheels, because well, that brand Fuel, Fuel is our biggest brand, and it's huge. kind of all encompassing in in the truck space. So it's like you know you get your Brodozer guys with the twenty six by fourteens. You also have your guys that you know have seventeen by nines and beadlocks, and you know they're they're serious crawlers or desert rats. You know, fuel is that one brand that kind of runs the gamut on the truck side. Sure. Um, niche would be that that brand on the passenger car side. Like it, not to say it doesn't have an identity, but it just kind of lives in so many different spaces and is just so popular that you know you'll see them on supercars, you'll see them on you know fucking escorts and you know economy cars, right? Right. But, uh, you know, trying, trying to make one brand service, mean, meaning Hoonigan service, our 30 plus wheel brands, and not to mention our dynamic lighting group, which is Morimoto, Retrofit Source, um, Terraflex suspension, Zebro suspension. Um, you know, there's so many, so, uh, Logic, which is like our air suspension company, like there's so many brands, there's so many different things going on that it's it's impossible to kind of task Hoonigan. You guys are gonna have your own SEMA. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, we kind of have to, because it seems right. like SEMA is like, you know, the irony of that is that we really didn't have much of a presence at SEMA last year, at least the wheel brands didn't. We had our right. our lighting group and our suspension groups. So they they had a presence at SEMA, but uh, you know, that, that's something that we should actually talk about is Ford, GM, Honda have all pulled out of SEMA 2022. Damn, and, Ford always had a huge booth. Right. I mean, not just a huge booth, but Ford out front. Like, you know, yeah. that activation was huge. And it, you know, it was a, a huge draw, not just for the SEMA members and legit attendees, but because it was outside, it was mm-hmm. a huge draw for locals and true. You know, retail consumers. It was you know, it was just fun to watch Vaughn Gittin Jr., Chelsea Denofa, fucking you know, all of those guys uh, rip up the parking lot outside. So without that, yeah. like, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of empty space at SEMA, and yeah. you know, a lot of builders that are kind of passed out. It's just like you know, people people really build cars to compete for Ford and GM Design Awards, and yeah. with without that kind of you know, dangling. I, I I don't know what SEMA looks like anymore. Yeah, that's a good damn. That's crazy. That's a big loss for SEMA. Um, yeah. 
RDK asks uh, Omarona Sec, uh, when will vehicle inventory increase? When I don't have an answer for that one. That's a tough question to answer, and it's a above my paper. Yeah, Bobby Reed, what is your most controversial automotive opinion? You go first. <laughs> um, shit. Um, it's not controversial to hate on stance. I don't love Stance Nation. Um, I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't think manual gearbox is always the answer for every car. Sure. Um, yeah. How's that? That's pretty. Because everybody's like, ah, manual this, manual that. Um, if I were to buy, say, a brand new Jeep Wrangler, there's no question I would get the auto. The manual in the Jeep Wrangler sucks. Yeah. I would, I would, I would agree with you. I would. This this is not my answer. I'm just agreeing with you. I would definitely choose PDK over manual in almost every situation. Um, man. Oh, see, in Porsche, I'd get the manual. <laughs> yeah. I would. Uh, that seven. The the that GTS I drove was the shit. Um, but. I prefer supercharger over turbocharger, but that's not controversial. Not at all. I prefer naturally aspirated over both. Man. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say something just to be sensationalistic. But right, like right, right. Considered, like, my own opinion, like, what would be controversial? Um, I think of the gearbox. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think people would be surprised to hear me personally say that like i'm totally in favor of the ev wave and like i'm i'm cool with 90 percent of vehicles being electric and i'm cool with ev swaps into classic cars like i see you. you know kind of old school hot riders post shit all the time like you know like i saw a meme today that was basically a guy waiting outside the, the gates of heaven and fucking St. Peter, whoever's in charge of that shit was just like, Oh, sorry, you're going to hell. You EV swapped a, you know, a, a muscle car, a classic oh, muscle car. It's like, boomer as fuck. Yeah. That shit's fucking silly. Like, you know, it's like, I, I love the sound and the fury of a V8 as much as anybody else. Yep. But like, there's plenty of candidates that would benefit from an EV swap and the immediate torque and the smoothness and, you know, I just think we need to embrace that as as a culture and as uh, as an enthusiast base. Like it's inevitable, and we need to encourage manufacturers and you know, like custom builders to perfect it, to get it right, and to get it right as soon as possible, so that it's an affordable and kind of intelligent choice. You know, right now, it may not make a lot of sense when a manufacturer just offers a motor like Ford, right? Yeah. Like you offer you offer an electric motor, but what, you know, what are my resources? What are my options for battery packs for, you know, for drivetrain solutions? Like I, I would love to, I, I say this all the time. I would love to EV swap my Lincoln. Right. I think that's, that makes the most sense in the or world. The Neil Young route. Yeah. But, uh. You know, I'm totally, I'm totally for it. If, if, if it makes sense and people are doing it for the right reasons and those reasons are validated, you know, it's mm -hmm. like right now it's not necessarily 
from the lifespan of production to, you know, to the crusher, it's not necessarily more efficient or environmentally friendly to have an EV over, you know, a reasonably efficient internal combustion car. Right. But uh, once that, once that's all sorted out, I, I I think it's fine for all new vehicles to be EV. And we still have our enthusiast vehicles that allows us to, to kind of focus on those. And, you know, it, it, when I say enthusiast vehicle, vehicles, I mean internal combustion powered. And, you know, keep those on the road and enjoy them for what they were, and even as a dying breed. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, and I'm with you. Um, Graham Brown at Graham Pro Look. Hi, Jeff and Ron, longtime listener, first time caller. Is the BBS RS universally the coolest aftermarket wheel of all time, or is there a better all-arounder? I would say OZ Futura, but the RS is right behind. I'm going to let Ron take that answer because he's going to be more correct than I am, and I would think the modern winner is the TE. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean... Of the current era generation, but... Yeah, I mean, it looks good on everything. I mean, you could put that... You know, there's a, a version... That looks good on a Raptor or a, a Forerunner. There's a version that looks good on a GTR. There's a version that looks good on a Fox body. Like you know, right. the TE is universally attractive. Is I there is there any room in the conversation for uh, like an American Racing like D window, like, or is that just muscle car stuff? No. <laughs> Moving on. Next question. That, that's, the torque thrust may be like, you know, that's a super classic yeah, style. Yeah, torque thrust, works, yeah. But it works on a specific type of vehicle. You know, it's I like, like D window. <laughs> the Fool Suffer at FKA, FK Adders of Israel. I can't read it. I'm sorry. Embargo list tomorrow. So in the event you've driven one, what do you think of the new Integra? I have not. So I cannot say. Um, Instagram questions. Uh, P. McDonald P. McDonald Insta. Got it. I got it. I got it. If I'm not too late, what's your take on the four-cylinder 718s? Good investment. I mean, it says Porsche on the fucking car, right? So um, 912s are worth thirty to $50,000 today. So, yes. Just wait 40 years. Right. Well, yeah. And it probably drives great, I mean, even though it's a four-cylinder. Dangerous M3, what is a don't-meet-your-heroes car you've driven? I have one. It was very, very early in my career, and I would love to revisit it because um, I didn't appreciate non-power steering cars at the time uh and it was a ferrari 308 and i thought it fucking sucked yeah i i i, I haven't driven uh like a 308 mondial but i expect that would be disappointing um i always like the like the 400s like the 400i 412 like those four seaters like i love the shape of those but i think my romanticized vision of one would be like with a modern swap or like something to boost power like i, I don't think I would enjoy one as as they came from the factory. But my answer is Buick Grand National. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. Cool as fuck. Right. But Looks dope rolling, but like it it takes forever to to get on boost, yeah. right? Like you're you're in the throttle for seconds before anything happens and then it's like fucking snaps into power, it shifts and it's just like another lag and then, you know, you get fucking pushed back in the seat and it's just like it's it's almost anticlimactic for how long you have to wait for the boost. And, you know, driving Mike's car in this versus that a couple of years ago, 
um, you know, totally stock and like high mileage, like 150,000 miles. But like Mike's car was stock and it fucking got heat soak after like two laps. And then it wasn't as quick as a Hyundai Palisade fucking SUV. You know, it's just like a naturally aspirated 300 horsepower V6 SUV basically, you know, would have whooped it in a bracket race like three out of five like oh that's funny uh, it's just just not that fun on the flip side i got to drive an e39 m5 for like 15 minutes shout out rick radcliffe thanks for letting me take that first spin and it was like a janky one it had issues um and it was an absolute sorry absolute which one i just said sorry rick he talked shit about your car no, it wasn't his. It wasn't his. Oh. Um, <laughs> right. Just let me drive it. Um, Rick Rick had this really shit job, stuff. or his friend is a cool. I don't want to blow up his spot, but he, he got sure. access to cars for certain reasons, and they needed miles. Um, it was an absolute meet your heroes moment because holy fuck, that car is awesome. Um, pretty cool projects. Ask are wheel spacers unsafe? Thinking about ten mil spacers, should I upgrade my studs? That's a you question. Yeah, that it depends on the vehicle. Um, if you if your vehicle has studs, like most American cars, <clears throat> even Japanese and Korean, ninety nine percent of those vehicles have wheel studs. Um, it lessens your thread engagement of your lugs and would be considered unsafe. When it comes to typically European stuff, Mercedes, BMW, Ferrari, Lamborghini, they have wheel bolts. And you basically just increase the the shank length and, by using a spacer. And it's typically considered safe, but you really should invest in the best hardware possible. Like, you know, buy from a reputable manufacturer and just make sure that you've got good stuff. Because it's not ideal, but it's way easier and accepted to increase your track with wheel spacers with a bolt vehicle versus a stud vehicle like you know Brabus, Techart, these guys like they have to have their wheels and all wheel accessories tuv approved tuv and that's a, a very stringent um regulation you know like their testing procedure is much more rigorous than say dot or anything that we would have here in the states that's not even close <laughs> and yeah and like if you get pulled over and your vehicle has modifications including wheels or spacers that are not too approved then your shit is impounded and you know you face heavy fines etc cetera, etc cetera. so it costs those manufacturers a lot of money to get tube approval but they make wheels to fit a number of different vehicles with the use of spacers so it's widely accepted in the european tuning community so it's considered safe but they, you know, they make their own hardware, they make their own spacers, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's highly regulated and considered safe, even though it's not ideal. I'm, I'm creating the name of this episode right now. We're not too approved. Um, <laughs> so uh, my buddy, uh, Real Cool Phillips, who I've known since sixth grade, he was my college roommate too. Yes, boxers or briefs? And baby, you know the answer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> briefs? Boxer briefs uh, is the way to go. Uh, is the correct answer. Does anybody um, wear briefs anymore? Like no, no, Grandpa. <laughs> is, that, is that like 
you turn 50 and like you just give up and you just start wearing briefs or i've been wearing boxer briefs for like 20 years like i don't know Taylor three five six pros versus this is a funny question pros versus cons for manual versus auto when off roading Jeep Wrangler related so you can off road a manual gearbox my Montero's and uh, has a manual gearbox um, the the automatic I know there are some people who think the manual makes things easier and they are very good off roaders and I trust their opinion but for the casual off-roader the auto makes your life easier um, especially if you need to left foot brake stuff um, though in the manual you can use your parking brake in situations where you need it for off-road applications i did see the coolest thing uh last weekend when i was in arkansas there was an uh, fj60 that was running all the same trails as us and um it has a pull throttle next to the key for off-roading i've never seen this before it's fucking awesome do you go what? So, it's a little it looks like a choke but it's the throttle so he can be on brake and clutch and then start to give it throttle with up here he doesn't have to move his foot so he's he's pulling out the the cable like a choke and it's giving it throttle and then he can come off the clutch stay on the brake and then like feather the brake and like it was so fucking cool and it's so old tech uh, but it was awesome but um the the manuals i think get slightly better crawl ratios in in four low um and there are things you can do on descents but you can just put the, your automatic in, in it anyway but in general for a jeep wrangler the eight speed is the better gearbox i know there are aftermarket solutions to improve the clutch and the engagement of the manual but i i i love that eight speed so and then our final question is not a question. It's from Jacob underscore Huxford one. Not a question, but I really enjoy listening to you and Ron shoot the shit on the pod. Uh, and then he went like that. So thank you for that. Jacob. Hey, yes. Uh, we enjoy shooting the shit as well. Yes. Um, Ron, where can everybody find you on social media? Triple seven style. Both on Instagram and the web. Nice. Dot com on the web. Very nicely delivered. Uh, I am at Hooniverse Jeff on Twitter and Instagram and all that bullshit. Um, and then, um, yeah, uh, also, like and subscribe to. I don't. What? I don't promote other people's shit, but go watch Hoonigan this first that. If you really care about my opinions and want to see me talk shit, that's uh, that's yeah. another. Do that. Um, they need more of you and less. I don't want to say less of anybody because everybody doesn't. No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I was going to say some people, but I, everybody does a good job. I'll I say really it, need- I'm also not like the most personable and like outgoing personality on the show. Right. It's like, but but, but just, on- just tune in for the zingers. Like, okay, okay. And 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 I'll say off 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 the air who they should have less of. Um, <laughs> um the uh, yeah. So like, subscribe to the podcast and on the YouTube channel. Um, we're everywhere. Spotify, blah, 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 all that crap. Anchor FM. Go to Hooniverse.com. Um, some good reviews coming out. I have an Ionic 5 behind me, which is hilariously yeah, charging. Dude, it's charging at, at uh, basically what is level one right now. And it says 43 hours to full. Oh, God. They didn't give me the plug to plug into my level two outlet. Which would be like less than seven hours. And the, the crazy thing is this can do 350 kilowatts. So I could go, if I find a DC fast charger that can do 350 kilowatts, it can go 
10 to 80% in under 18 minutes. Wow. So you're, um, you're like USB-C right now? Like I, I'm USB zero, whatever like, the fuck it is. I'm doing this for shits and giggles, though. Like, I was curious what it would do. iPhone charger? Yeah. Uh, but it's cool because the, the, the charging port is also pixelated. So, like, that's showing me status. Oh, yeah. That's how much charge I have. But that's pixelated. That like one gloss? Light. I don't think I've ever seen one painted gloss. Everyone I've yeah, seen is gloss. The gloss. Kias are more matte than the Ionics. I, okay, I'm not going to disagree with you, but uh, it's just not what I've seen. Really? Yeah. Every one of, wow. every one of those I've seen has been, like, fucking big, right? too, actually. Can you see these hoopers? Yeah, they're 20s. Yeah. Damn. They're kind of cool. Yeah, I like the design. It's different. Um, You're making my job more difficult. <laughs> yeah, by every, everybody's offering good wheels now. Well, yeah. Not everybody. Hyundai Kia are, but uh, not everybody else. Um, I like it. I prefer the Kia a little bit more uh, just because it's a better tuning on the chassis, which they got to separate them. I like the style on the Kia better too, personally, though I think this is cool. I think it's very cool. Um, and then uh, what else do we got? Oh, I got a Bentley tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, which one? <laughs> Uh, the Flying Spur Hybrid. Oh, yeah. Um, I told you I want to ride in that. Yes. Yes. Um, and then uh, my LX600 review is live. And then uh, I scheduled a ZR2. I got some other shit coming out. So stay tuned for that. ZR2 Silverado? Yes. Yes. ZR2 Silverado. Um, and then I'm going to drive the Escalade V. So stay tuned Ooh. for that. First drive. Hell yeah. Um, and... I got to go to the devil's asshole that is Phoenix. Sorry, all you Phoenicians. <laughs> Actually, it's not summer yet, so it shouldn't be too bad. All the people in Phoenix are like, no, it's pretty fucking hot here. Um, yeah. All right, uh, that's it for this episode. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>